1: Hello there and welcome to All Things Therapy. I am so happy to be with you today. Welcome if you're watching on Facebook Live, hello, or if you're listening through any of the multiple audio platforms available today for podcasters, I want to thank you for taking your time out to listen and invite you, if you have not, to please give All Things Therapy a written review and a star rating on the platform that you listen, be it iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or Spotify. It really helps us to have the show disseminated to people, to a wider audience. That is the um, algorithm that reviews, help, rate podcasts. So I'd really love you to take that time out and let me know what you think about the information That's been going out. Today is episode number 252. And I just want to direct you quickly to follow me on social media. If you're not, you can find me at NOLA therapy on both Instagram and Facebook. It's N-O-A-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y, which is my website, nolatherapy.com. That's the abbreviation for New Orleans, Los Angeles therapy, the two places that I live and work and love. And if you are looking for a healing practitioner, a therapist, I welcome you to reach out to me through NOLA therapy, Lisa at nolatherapy.com. And let's set up a Zoom, a FaceTime, a phone or a Skype session to help you get on your healing path or I'm here to help you get wherever you want to go. I really love working with people. Being a therapist is a passion. It's like what I was made to do. My parents, when I was five years old, found a note I had scribbled down saying, I want to be a psychiatrist. And in some ways, it's super cute. Other ways, a bit disturbing that a five-year-old wants to be a psychiatrist. There were definitely things in my own life that I've had to overcome. And that is the healing journey. That is the life journey that we are on together, and I am available for you. Also at NOLA Therapy are links to buy my book, The Chiron Effect, Healing Our Core Wounds Through Astrology, Empathy, and Self-Forgiveness, endorsed by His Holiness, the 14th Dalai Lama, as well as an online empowerment class that I offer. It has been rated 8.9 out of 10. Uh, points by course marks an independent reviewer that found my course and sent me the review all of that at nolatherapy.com okay I want to take I going to go through actually my sponsors first so that we can spend time with my guests exclusively. My long-term sponsor has been betterhelp.com. They are a HIPAA compliant and secure online therapy platform. I have been a therapist for them in the past. They offer phone and video sessions through their platform. And as my listener, Offer you 10% off your first month to try them out. Their therapists are licensed in every state and can work with you on issues ranging from relationships to anxiety, depression, um, family, grief, anything. So take advantage of the 10% off for your first month by going to betterhelp.com forward slash ATT for all things therapy betterhelp.com forward slash att if you love audiobooks as much as i do if you're not already subscribed to audible they are offering you a free audiobook download to try them out there's over a hundred thousand titles available to you including my book the Chiron effect i am the narrator i did the voice everything for my book i'd love for you to have it that way And one of my clients just now, I was on a session with, got my book on Audible, and he's really loving it. So that was awesome to hear. And I love listening to audiobooks while I'm doing dishes, whatever. Cleaning, it's a great way to have your mind focus on something of meaning and value and fun. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash all things therapy for that free audiobook download and Amazon Music is also my sponsor they are offering you three free months of downloadable music with over 70 million songs check that opportunity out by going to get amazonmusic.com forward slash att okay my guest today is gary rowan he is a nationally syndicated book critic and writer as well as consultant, and he has been personally writing for over 45 years. His syndicated reviews have appeared in hundreds of daily, weekly, and monthly publications, including just a couple I'll name, the Midwest Book Review and the Orlando Advocate. He's been interviewed on multiple radio and TV shows about his expertise. And if you just go to YouTube and put in Gary Rowan, R-O-E-N, all these interviews came up. That's one of the ways I used to prepare for today. He has been a publicist, an agent, an independent contractor who's conducted market research. And he himself is the author of so many things, including two collections of science fiction, two books of poetry, numerous short stories, and a satirical play. And I'm really honored that Gary reviewed my book, The Chiron Effect, in the Midwest Book Review and gave it such a favorable review. And Gary, I'm just delighted to have you with us today.
2: Oh, thank you, Lisa. I'm very glad to be here. And uh, yeah, I I, uh, loved your book. And it's a little bit different from others that I have found because in others, the people talk about uh, you can do this, this and this, but they don't have their personal stories. I love the ones that have personal stories because my books have a personal edge to it too. And I was just thinking about the first book I ever wrote was Look at Me World. And this is perfect for where we are with the show. My parents were concerned about me growing up because I was very quiet. I was very shy. Okay. When I wrote the book, it came out, we published it, my parents and me, and uh, I sold it around the country. And I knew what I wanted, like you, at a young age, I wanted to be a writer, no matter oh, what.
1: Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah.
2: I was influenced by many, many things. My parents instilled in me the reading aspect. I went to junior high, and that instilled both writing and, and reading. And then in high school, I knew the power of words because I almost got thrown out of Boone High School in Orlando because I wrote something that the teacher, I could not budge on what she thought it was. What she hmm. thought it was was a graduate. And it was very simply, kids are beating up on this kid because he's in a class and it's his mom he's, had, he's in class with. And at that day, in those days, uh, a child didn't have their mom. Or their dad is a teacher. So I had a scene. It was a morning scene. They're having breakfast. And then this teacher at Boone decided it was The Graduate. And that was a very popular movie in that that day. When yes. In, I could not budge her. So I wrote something. And it was so anti-teacher. And I almost got thrown out for it. And so I wrote another one. And got through. But it taught me the power of words. So when I wrote my book. My parents read it, and, of course, my mom and dad critiqued it as I went on. and it was the first book of poetry. And I wrote it when I was in junior college, and I was bored in a logic course because okay. the had this whiny voice, and I couldn't get into the class because of his voice. So I sat in the back of the room just writing the poem, poetry. So <laughs> my parents were very concerned. So they handed a copy over to a family physician that we had, and he said, not to worry, he knows who he is, he knows what he wants, he just knows it will take time to get there. And so they were, like, really relieved, Mm -hmm. and it was very therapeutic for me, because I got my thoughts of my siblings' relationship with my siblings in the order because they have what's known as second sin, son syndrome, and I was one of those. And second son syndrome can you can either as a second son accept and go on, or be very bitter at, at things with your siblings. And I was never bitter, I'm not bitter. I'm just me. And yeah. you know, and I, I wrote, accept me for who I am, not what you want me to be. And that's been my credo. All through my life that you can't accept me for the way I am. I don't want to be parts of, I don't want to be with you. you Yeah. And you have to have, you have to look at yourself and really analyze and then think, what do you do best? And then move forward with what you think you do best and, and, and move forward in life.
1: I like that, Gary. And I know that today, one of the big themes we're exploring is the way that you've turned things in your life that, that may have been negative at first into something positive and kind of your process of how you've done that. As well, as I know, in your writing of science fiction, you've kind of encoded part of your own life story into that. Can you, wherever you want to start with us on that journey?
2: From that, well, it's funny that you mentioned the journey because uh, the, the title of my first collection is called Journey. It uh, is, yeah. Exactly, but but it was going to, I originally had a writer's journey because I wanted to take the reader through the progression of my writing. I was different with the story that's in another collection in Computer Legends, Lives, and Lores called The Test. But I based it on, I love site courses. And I love the particular one and you'll know the one I'm talking about. Teacher, student, where they analyze someone and they told the teacher that, you know, we're, we're going to give a uh, student answers and student, if you, if student gives you a wrong answer, you are to shock them. Mm,
1: oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That old
2: study. They told teacher, we're analyzing the answers of student. That's not what they were analyzing. They were analyzing how far that person would take it to uh shocking the person. And yes, the the student was in on it and they did not have the student hooked up to anything. And so student just screamed and yelled and made it sound like he or she was getting hurt. Yes. So that was the basis for the story the test of they uh, it's an institution they are studying people and they tell this character they're studying this and he had the site course and his brain thinks well they don't usually tell you that they, they're not honest about what but what would they want to analyze me about and as a writer you have to put clues in the story and it, it, that was a clue and there were others that i provided the story was written like a twilight zone. When I went back to college on this journey of my life, I took many courses in writing and learned certain techniques that I was not doing. And I was so intrigued with the whole premise of that story that, that I'd already published. I came back and I wanted it to be something with the same of the test because that was a clue of what's going on. Okay. So I looked up, and a friend of mine told me about uh, vivisection. That's animal lab testing. Okay. I said, oh, that's perfect. So that's a clue because, you know, again, you have to provide clues. Then I provided all these other little things. And in college, I got to talk to different people, and I said to different women, I said, I got a female character, I'm putting her in a situation where she's Away from the public for three weeks. What would be the most important thing to you if you were away from society for three weeks? You could not talk to anybody that you know. You could not do anything. And overwhelming, you, and you're going to learn.
0: Okay. And I'm,
2: that's odd, but it's in the story. The women all said, I'd like to have clean panties. And
1: oh my gosh. I,
2: <laughs> I broke up at that. And so when I was in class, the whole class was like, and then the female character, the females in the class said, well, you know, I, I would feel that way. So I felt good. And you learn to put things in that have some bearing on where your story's going. going. Okay. So, but this character, there's two different results of the test and the vivisection. Same uh, general premise both are twilight zone stories mm-hmm. and the business and journey and so another aspect is the teddy bear that i uh, created and i i actually saw this teddy bear when i was doing market research and when i started writing the first story i thought about teddy bears and we love teddy bears they're small cuddly things or big ones and they always have great looks on their faces and and we have different things of of, of, uh, appeal. Right. But this one, there was nothing appealing about him. He's got fangs uh, that, that, that are exposed. He's got huge teeth. He's got claws for hands and feet. He's scary. People are afraid of him. And yet there's something that causes people, he's always on a trash pile and there's something that causes them to pick him up and uh, take him home. And there's actually something that lives inside of him that helps cause people to take him because he knows they're having some kind of problem in their lives. And it was my kind of whatever to say that we all have problems, but how do we solve them?
1: I'll
2: mm. have something in us that's good. Even with the fierce looking teddy bear, there's something good about him. And so I have fun because I can be a smart aleck and, and and do all kinds of things. It's like in Fader, in I have a situation where three Chinese guys come into the uh, Chinese detective's office and they're going to they're just going to destroy it. And here's this teddy bear on the couch and they come in and all of a sudden and, and, and the voice to them says, show untied. And they go, shoes tight, shoes tight. And all of a sudden, one of them trips, falls into the others, and they fall on the floor. They have trouble getting up. And the bear says, No, you don't look anything like Mo, Larry, and Curly. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. I, it's my way of making fun the three of. Stages. And the beauty of it is in failure, I put that in a building that is an actual building. Now it's a hair salon. It's been many, many things before nails and whatever, a real estate. And I have a special attraction to it because it was my grandmother's house. Oh, wow. I remember the nights I spent the night with my grandma there. And so I wanted to see the building. And so I talked to the owner one day and he said, yeah, yeah, come on in. And I said, yeah, we're going up here. There's a fireplace over here. There's kitchens back here. Da, 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 I said, and he says, how how you know this? Because he was Chinese. And I said, I know it because my grandmother, this was her yes. house. Wow. And I put it in Orlando, in the Asian uh, area of town. And it's a simple story, but the teddy bear has a very huge input into the story.
1: Which story is the teddy bear in, Gary? Which writing?
2: I'll stop them. He's in most of them. And my publisher was so taken with the idea of the trash pile that when he created the covers for both, you have the little teddy bear on the moon and he's looking out at earth and there's a garbage spaceship going. And it's our comment on what we're going to do (laughs) as a society and where we're going to put our garbage. And then the second book, Slotsky's world, has him on top of that garbage can, or okay. garbage cookie. and the reason is because he's in more of the stories in Slotsky's world. And so oh, I just cool. fun, fun playing, but he's in most of the stories that I write.
1: Oh, that's so interesting. You know, Gary, I'm curious how you transitioned from being a writer into becoming a book critic and what a syndicated book critic is for our listeners.
2: Well, it started... In 1979, I, I uh, actually before that, I was in the publishing business in 1973 with my parents. My first book, Look at Me World, came out in 1976. And in 1979, a friend of mine who was in radio asked me because I had all the connections to publishers, you know, because at that time I was doing reviews. And she said, Well, what do you think of doing this idea of a radio program? And we, do uh, all kinds of things about science fiction. And I said, great. And I thought, to promote it, we'll have to get some columns and put under it, we're on the talk show, da, da, da listen to us on Rollins College. And we had that show for two years, and then she moved to Atlanta, and I kept the thing going, and I just expanded where I wrote the reviews. And I wrote for Orlando Sentinel, St. Pete Times, Baltimore Sun, Philadelphia Inquirer, and cool. I, did it on a regular basis. Cleveland Plain Dealer was one, and I had a story that took place in Alaska, and I found a newspaper in Alaska, and they ran it. They ran my review of that particular book.
1: That's awesome. So,
2: transitions to something else, and it's it's going back to psychiatry, or you know something of knowing yourself, knowing what you're able to do. When I was selling books, I had a situation where I was selling the books. I couldn't get the books into the stores because they said, well, we don't have any any publicity. I said, I'll do it. And I was staying with a friend in Birmingham, Alabama. So I reconfigured myself, looked and asked her, what are all the number one TV, radio, da-da-da-da, programs in Birmingham. Okay. To each and every one. And in Birmingham, I don't know if you've been, but they have a place called Red Mountain. And that's where all their communications like TV and radio are, or or many of them. I went at midnight or 11 something to talk to the talk show host of the show I wanted to get this person on. He said, on the air, anybody who Would take the time to come at 11 something at night and see me. I cannot turn down. So, yes. where I'm looking is when you have determination, mm-hmm. you handle it, and it takes you into something else of how we get through negativity situations. And so, there, it was kind of a negative that I had that I couldn't get the books in, in the stores. So I turned around, turned it into a plus, turned it into an advantage, and in fact, went on to Montgomery and did the same thing, went into other places. New Orleans was one, went into awesome. New Orleans, did the same thing, and I just learned that I can do this and do this. Another story is, there was a, a place in Jacksonville, and I went in and talked to the the clerk and she says, she doesn't see anyone without an appointment. So I said to the clerk, "Uh, uh, when the author's here and he's asked, is the book available in this department store? You'll have to say no, because we didn't have an appointment. She says, wait a minute. She goes back, she comes back and she says, she'll see you. Mm -hmm. I saw that buyer, ran into that buyer at a convention a, a number of years later She says, you know, you're the only salesman who ever came to see me and got in, not having an appointment. And it's you have to think on your feet of what you want, of what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. So going into your question also of the negativity of, say, let's say COVID, I refuse to accept that just because we're in COVID, that I can't do many of the things that, that I want to do. An example is what we're doing right now. Yeah. And you, know, you and I talked because you sent me the note thanking me for the, the view mm-hmm. that I did. Yes. And that came as a result of a friend of yours that reached out to me yes. on LinkedIn. And so my thought thing process to other people is put your name out there do things even so with covid because you're at home you're working from home you can still do a number of these things and nice. people say you know well uh, i don't know and as you saw i did the interview with hanging with the net and i was I, I i did the same thing i was at that convention walked up to the people said you wanna you need a, a an author guest yeah, um, later today, can you come back at so-and-so? I said, sure. I had talked to a guy that I came in with. He was with another author. And then he's standing there with me when his buddy is on the show. And I said, you're going to go on? He says, no, nope. my book's on the internet. And I mm-hmm. thought, how do you get people to go to the internet to see your book if they don't know it's there? Right. I look at, you know, and, and that happened to be before COVID, but I've done interviews like we're doing today that we're doing on on online. I did one yeah. a few weeks ago in L.A. also. And that guy reached out to me also on the Internet of LinkedIn. So I advise people in any field to have LinkedIn, to have Facebook, to have these other uh, social media platforms and use them because yes. you will be able to achieve what you want. You have to do it, though. You have to make the effort. It's not going to come to you of just somebody handing it to you. But things will happen if you generate it. And so that's how I get through negativity. And, of course, I've been very careful to not go out very much. And I've had some negative situations going on. And I'm turning those around because I know I can do it. Yes believe in yourself and know your limitations and move forward, you know, and this, I all, I've learned from the courses I took in junior college and college of psych and know that, you know, you get down. I'm not going to say I don't. And as I told you, I think uh, that I'm a veteran. And I I got down and and I talked to my uh, uh, counselor, um, whatever she is supposed to do, social worker. And I said, she says, you want to commit suicide? I said no. And then she said, have you thought about it? I said, yeah. Who hasn't? Right. You know, but I'm not likely to, because you know, first of all, it's not me. It's not in my makeup. Second, I'm not likely to. And I try. I tried to make a joke, and she didn't laugh. <laughs> but joke is, and I told it to you, and it's no. I wouldn't do that because it's too painful, and, and you know, I don't like pain. Who likes pain? I, I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm not going to do that. And so she didn't laugh, but I told her. Now, you see the logic? I'm making a joke out of it, and that's what you have to do. You have to make jokes. You have to stay positive. You have to laugh because when you laugh, it, it, it gets the endorphins in your body going, and it helps it health-wise to do things and you've got to stay focused that you can get through something. And the minorest thing many times gets me through. And that little thing of acting like Jerry Lewis or Dustin Hoffman, whatever you want to say, gets you through. And then that's how I transition to the, uh, the works that I do and spirit in, uh, Slotsky's world, is a prime example because I knew of a situation where there was a situation there had been a child who died and then later another child is on a floor mat and in the TV is a picture, uh, uh, an image of a child. And it's not the one that you see in the picture. It's it's the uh, the people who own the home. It's their child. It's not the child on the floor. So I posed the dilemma because I'd always played with this idea. You have a, a 10 people pose for a picture at the beach. When the picture's taken by somebody walking on the beach that's asked to take it, there are 10 people who pose. When it comes out, there are 11 people in it. Mm-hmm. And so... Nobody knows who that is, but right. that, that's the clue as an author. Uh, that's a clue. And I won't go into any detail, but uh, there are other clues in it. And if I say the one clue that is really big, you know, it will, it will give away a lot. But a friend of mine who's a professor at a college in New Jersey, she says, I read these things and I usually figure them out. I didn't figure it, I didn't see it coming. She says, but it gives the feel of a Twilight Zone. And the science fiction I write, that's what I want. Yes. I want to see Outer Limits or Ray Bradbury type or Richard Matheson because those are some of the authors I grew up reading. Mm-hmm. Everybody says Stephen King, but Stephen King read them as, yeah. as a whole. As and so, yes, we're influenced. And my influence is some of them are Twilight Zone, Richard Matheson, and he he did uh, one that was turned into a movie called Somewhere in Time. And he's even in it. And that's the movie with Jane Seymour and Chris Reed. And I've always loved it. And it's got the author in it in a cameo.
1: Cool. You know, Gary, since I have you on and you have all this experience and writing and and critiquing and consulting, what do you suggest to people out there who want to write a book or who are, or who are just starting out as writers?
2: Several things. When I, Before COVID, I would go into restaurants and take a notepad and have my books because people would say, oh, what do you do? And would be very proud to show them the books. Yeah. Then we'd talk and they'd say something, they'd do something. For instance, one of the stories in Journey was the one that really spawned me to write again. And I have an eye doctor, and her name is Betty Wang at the, at the VA. And I've always liked her. She's my best uh, eye doctor I've ever had in, you know, I, I don't know how many years, but yeah. so many years dating back to when I was a kid. So I've always liked her last name, Wang. And I used to go to a restaurant before COVID, and there was a, a woman named Cassidy. So my character is named Cassidy Wang. Mm -hmm. Cassidy is somebody studying to be a nurse. So I put in the story uh, that that I wrote in Journey. Um, Cassidy Wang was upset with her work because it seemed to her at the hospital she worked at they were just patching people up, gunshot wounds and all that. And she didn't like the reputation Orlando was getting for Pulse Nightclub being that's just all Orlando is in spite of Disney. Right. And, you know, so a writer puts in some of their beliefs and that, that was one that I had. And, and now as we've transitioned away from it, it's been five years almost, coming up on five years. So, you know, it's just... I see a lot more in Orlando. And so I try to highlight a lot of things going on in Orlando that people don't usually see. But one that I have that I love what I did with it. And because I got the Roku device on my TV, some of them, I'm watching all these TV stations around the country. And yesterday I looked to see the Fox outlet in Philadelphia
0: okay. and then I
2: my book is called Traces in in Slotsky's World and it begins with Myron and Stacy Beagle or Stacy and Myron Beagle love their residence in Christmas, Florida, until one day after shopping in Titusville, Florida, they return home to find it completely gone. Now there's a connection to somewhere in New Jersey. And I wanted a TV station to report the same situation in New Jersey that was taking place, that was taking place in Christmas with the Beagles. And so I looked around to see what was the best TV station I could use, and I used the Fox affiliate. Yesterday, I sat down on Facebook and wrote to two people and said, I love your station now that I got the Roku, but I have a special interest because it's in my short story collection in Tracy. And so a writer taps into, so the thing I, I would say is get your notepads
1: mm-hmm.
2: and, and just be aware of things going on because the story line came from a husband and wife in Texas who returned home and their home was completely gone. No explanation. Right. Yeah. And so mine is a little bit different and where, and, and the house resurfaces and it resurfaced in New Jersey, too, the the, the home that would had the similar situation. But there's one common denominator, and I won't go into it, but that's the beauty of science fiction. You can take real situations yes. and, and play with it, and that's what I did. And I had been into that area of New Jersey many, many years ago. And so I knew certain things about it, and I just looked up, and hadn't changed much from when I was there. So my thing is also look into research on the internet, but don't take it verbatim that it's true. Look, have several sources and utilize different things. Now we have an attorney in Orlando and his commercials are everywhere. And so I have in Fader that his commercial come on and my character, the Chinese detective is getting ready to, you know, or uh, in the morning and okay. she like, have noise and she has the TV on. And here comes the commercial. And here's another commercial. Here's another commercial. And then the, there was a situation here in Brevard County where a guy stole a truck. It was a spectrum truck, uh that they were laying lines and yeah. he, he took it. And later in the day they got him because he was in a Denny's and I knew about the story and I placed it in here. And so uh, she says, yeah, and the guy that got uh, uh, taken to jail for stealing the truck, he's going to hire that attorney. Then I have a story, and the person comes on and says, yes, and uh, this man has hired so-and-so. And she says, oh, my God, it's time to turn the TV off. <laughs> so, anymore, you know, too many commercials. But I throw in all kinds of things, and, and that's that's what I say to, to writers, but it has to have a bearing where you're going it has to have something and uh in in another one i had three different story ideas could not do anything with all three and then something happened and i uh, put it in and i have uh, a woman who is at manor of menorah's uh retirement home in saint pete Mm. and i was always intrigued with the idea to have a starship commander He's at the uh, base uh, in space, uh, dry dock, and something happens to him. And his mom, in the Manor of Menorahs, gets a communication. She she has this feeling. She, she knows something's not right, but she can't get the space authority to, to believe her, so she hires an attorney. But what I also used was I used techniques in Judaism of – um oh, I, i'm trying to think uh, you know uh, Kabbalah, okay and cool. you know, it, it, it's mysticism it, it, it's considered mysticism it is but I used it because the woman says i have these feelings or powers or you know and i'd heard about it and i talked to people so you 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 get your research also from talking to people then Make it the best story that you can tell. And, and you, you know, you can put yourself in, but thinly disguise it. You don't have to tell your entire story. And that's right. the fun of doing what you do. Because in many of the stories I write, I'm there, but very, very little. And I won't, yeah. I won't let you know where. But the biggest thing is that I've always said, and this is what I say in fiction or nonfiction, you have to tell a story. You have to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And I was at a sci-fi convention in Chicago, and I met Jack Williamson, a god of science fiction from the golden age of, of science fiction. And he said, I've always wanted to ask a critic what you look for. And I said, I can't speak for others, but this is what I always look for. And he had an entourage of people around it. Yeah. They thought that was hilarious. He paused and he said, that's what I've been trying to teach my classes for years. And he was a college professor also of writing. And so I felt in good company because here's yes. this lot of science fiction that I had read all these years and I'm on the same plateau as he was. And here uh, I got a wonderful comment from Ben Bova, one of the Uh, one one of my favorite science fiction writers until he died this past year of COVID you know complications from COVID he was he had pneumonia he was in the hospital he was coming back from it and I'm told he had a stroke and he died but it was all related to COVID so you know and, and I don't know if he was careful or not I would think he was trying to be you know, it, it's just what it is. But, um, and I look at life as when it's my time, it'll be my time. But mm-hmm. just live every day to the fullest.
1: Yes. And the
2: best I can at what I do. And, you know, it, it, it's just it, like I said in the beginning, I know certain perimeters that I'm able to do. And then I don't concentrate on things that I'm not good at. I mean, I'm not good at math, and you know, it's it's right brain, left brain. I'm not good at art, so I don't even try. <laughs> what I know that I'm good at is writing, yeah. And I know that I'm good at uh, publicity, and so I work on the things I know I'm best at, and. I would say to the budding writer or any writer know that if that's what you wanted to do all of your life, do it, you know, do it. And then for other writers have other people look at your work and they don't, they shouldn't be friends of yours because your friends are always going to say, Hey, it's great. It's great. Great. And I was, I, I was so pleased that my friend in New Jersey said, you know, I see these things coming. I didn't see it coming, but I love it because it's Twilight Zone. And that's the ultimate thing I was trying to get people to do. See yes. it as a Twilight Zone with a twist of an ending. And that's what my stories do. Uh, the, 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 my best stories are the ones that lead you up and then you go, wait a minute. But you analyze it and you go, yeah, the clues are there. They're all there. You know, and, and I had a friend and our friendship dissolved. Over that one story. Spirit. Mm-hmm. Because he said he was an editor. And I never understood when he'd tell me. People didn't like his his, his edits. Well. I saw firsthand why. He nah. went in and words. He did this and changed and changed and changed. I saw two sentences. Or three at lunch one day. Refused to discuss it with him. Did not get into it. He got so mad at me. And he got really mad. About, in other ways, and I said, hey, go by, you know, right. because but I figured out what he had done, and he had changed their words, he changed their concepts, he changed their meaning, it's not editing, and having been right. in i I've seen the editing process, I know the difference, because my dad's book, uh, Evidence of Murder, was uh, done, edited by Kensington, And the book that it is was enhanced by the things that they did and the things that my parents did and I did. And one of the things that was so funny was when the book came out, they said was coming out. They said, well, how did you know that this is what the judge uh, was thinking of the guy in front of him uh, for sentencing? And we said, that's what he told us. Well, (laughs) You know, and, and, and they got word back. They loved, the readers loved the judge looking, and in, in it's uh, Belvin Perry, who was on the Carla, or no, who was, that? it was the Carla Larson case, but it was uh, Casey Anthony. He was the judge in Casey Anthony, and everybody knows Casey Anthony case. So we just speculated, and Belvin is a family friend. So my dad interviewed him, and I'm sure he asked him, What were you thinking at this time? So the funny thing is, the publisher got word back, we love what Belvin Perry was speculating of. And the the, the thing is, the guy who committed the crime, we're convinced, his dad was a police officer in a police department, and Belvin's dad was a police officer in the same department, and they were best friends. Mm And here is this judge, and he's going to sentence the son of one of his dad's best friends, who was also a police officer. And what are the odds that one son would go and be a judge and the other would be in front of that judge? Yes. You know, uh, sentencing. So we just, you know, that brings in the editing. Find somebody you trust, and that's something that I do too. I don't edit, but I give people the people that do editing, and I have plenty of those people. And an old friend used to live in Palm Beach. Her name is Prudy Taylor Board. She does that kind of work, and she's working on a new novel. And we went to lunch the other day, and I had never met her daughter. I'd heard about her, and it, I, we had a wonderful lunch. And because we're coming out of COVID, we can do that now. We can go to lunch. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Gary, I want to thank you for your time and leave listeners with. I know on LinkedIn, you're at Gary Rowan, R-O-E-N. And on Facebook, you're at Gary Rowan Author. What is the best way for listeners to reach you if they want to reach out?
2: They can reach out to Amazon, my Amazon page. They can reach out to LinkedIn, uh, Facebook. They can uh, send to my emails, uh, gsrowan at aol.com. Sadie Rowan at Yahoo.com or BGS Rowan, R-O-E-N at uh, gmail.com. Thank you.
1: No, thank you for taking your time out and sharing your expertise and how you came to write some of your stories. I really appreciate you.
2: Thank you. I appreciate you.
1: Thank you. Have a good evening.
2: Always nice to have new friends.
1: It is always. Thank you. Thank you. That concludes my show today with Gary Rowan. and be back next week with another show. If you want to find out how you can support my podcast more directly, go to patreon p a t r e o n dot com forward slash all things Therapy. I have just revamped my offerings. There are things that I'm giving you in exchange for your support up to and including complimentary sessions, signed books, digital downloads of my book, and discounted sessions, depending on your level of commitment and support. Patreon is a great spot for you to support creatives. And if you are a creative, go and set up your own profile. It's really awesome. I support some other podcasts as well as I'm supported by them. So Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash all things therapy. Bye. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa
0: Tahir only on L.A. Talk Radio. Recording stuff.